I was in Indiana just recently. And I was running around because I had to, I had to get a bunch of stuff. I had forgotten my bag at the church that I was be, uh, be preaching the next day. And so I had to run and get that bag, but my family was also hungry. You know how this works out. So I got to get the bag, call the guy, coordinate with him, get the food, go to the restaurant, wait on them because it's, this, you know, it's like the middle of America and they don't, it's not fast there, just so you know. And so it's like, oh, how are you doing? And I'm trying to fit in, you know, like, oh, I'm doing fine. How are you? Well, my mom's leg is not doing so well. She got knee surgery. Did you say knee surgery? That sounds terrible. And it's like a 20 minute, you know how this works, right? And so it's like, oh, my word. And so I'm trying to do, I'm trying to do all this different stuff. And so I'm running and I have no time for anything. So I just, I situate my family. I'm going to run to the next place to do the next thing and all this other stuff. And as I'm about to run into a car, a guy walking into the hotel that I just came out of says, hey, do you like Mexican food? Which is a pretty interesting introduction, right? It's for someone you've never met. And I was like, Mexican food? Yeah, who doesn't like Mexican food? I love Mexican food. Well, he goes, he goes, well, I, I was kind of hoping that he had like leftovers that he was going to give me. You know how like somebody finished a half a burrito I was going to get, I was kind of hoping for that. I was like, oh my gosh, this is like from the Lord. So I could take his food, bring it into the family. It's leftovers. It's okay. You won't die. And then go on to the next place. But that did not happen at all. He said, you see that restaurant over there? I was like, yeah, I see that restaurant over there. It's like a great Mexican restaurant. We really enjoyed it. Me and my family just had, we really enjoyed it. I was like, heard. Thank you very much. And then I left and I started to think about that. I started to think why a perfect stranger who would never introduce themselves to me in any other circumstance would stop me to tell me about a restaurant that he just ate. And here's why. You generally tend to share what you delight in. That's like a principle of life. You overflow who and what you know. Like, if you know that a restaurant, a restaurant is like dope, like the food is crazy and it's bananas, like it's worthy of a picture on your gram and all that stuff. Like, if that's what you're down with, you can't stop yourself from talking about it. You're overflowing. And that's the principle that we're going to speak about today. Today, we're going to talk about we overflow who and what we know this is true when you're talking about Mexican food or ice cream. This is also true when we're talking about Jesus. Now, the best restaurant that you know is important, but not nearly as important as your life with Christ. So today we're going to be talking uh, about this. We're going to be looking at Acts chapter 4. 13. But let me tell you why this is so important. Here's why. If we share who Jesus is, what we discover is that our lives are enriched. We become better for it. Just like the restaurant thing. Isn't it true? Like tomorrow, I'm taking, I'm a, a friend called me up and he said, hey, Ed, I have another friend coming in from, the, uh, from another part of the world. It was like London. He's finishing his PhD in London, but he's coming in to 
JFK, but flying out of LaGuardia. Cheaper that way. You know how that works. He goes, would you help me pick him up and then bring him from one place to another? I was like, bro, my life is yours. Let's go do it. This is wonderful. And he goes, oh, we should eat somewhere. And I was like, we're going to the freaking Rican. I don't know if you've ever had the freaking Rican, but the freaking Rican is unbelievable. I'm not trying to curse. That's the name of the... Um, that's the name of the restaurant. It's unbelievable. And so I was like, oh, I, we're bringing him there. He goes, oh, you sure? Can I eat there? Because he has some health uh, things. I was like, we'll find you a salad, but we're going to go to the freaking Rican. And here's the point. You tend to share what you delight in. You tend to overflow what you're filled with. Does this make sense so far? Now, here's the thing. I'm going to take that guy to the restaurant, but here's what I know. The relationship and the conversation that we're going to have there has the potential because I've had enough of these dinners or lunches, has the potential to change my life. I know that. And so when I overflow onto someone else, I get blessed. I don't want you to miss out on your blessing. So I want you to share Jesus. Now, if you're here, and again, we're going to be talking about overflowing, who and what you know, which means we're going to be talking about sharing Jesus. If you're here and you're like, yo, this is why I stopped going to churches. You know, you Christians are so annoying at this. All you guys do is want to shove what you know or what you think you know down everybody's throat. And you know what? This is why Christianity turns me off. And this is like your first time back. My first statement to you is, I'm sorry. I'm sorry for whatever pain you experienced within a Christian setting. I'm sorry for any harm, but I do want to, and I don't mean this in any other way but love, I do want to push back on you a little bit. If you're here and you think, no, you should not share Jesus with anyone, or you think, oh no, that's private faith, that's not for public consumption, you're not supposed to share that publicly. Can I, just, can I just push back on you? Because we're all evangelists for something. We all are. And I know, listen, here's my thing. I have a spiritual take on sharing Jesus. And you have a spiritual take on not sharing Jesus. What I want to point out is that my opinion is no more narrow than yours. They're equally narrow. In other words, you have a spiritual, you have an opinion, uh, a spiritual opinion, that's this. No one should share about Jesus. This should just be a private faith. Well, that's a spiritual opinion. That's opinion on spiritual things. And you can have it. I'm not going to force you to change your mind. But would you give those of us who have been to the freaking Rican or the great Mexican restaurant, who have tasted and seen that the Lord is good, would you give us room and freedom to be able to share Jesus just like we would give you freedom to say, no, I'm not going to share my faith. Okay, cool. Now, for those of us, even those of us who are clapping, which, by the way, do that at every sermon I preach at and multiple times, I love that. 
Why is it that we're so afraid of sharing Jesus? We don't do it. Except for a few of us who are like all-stars at it, we generally don't do it. Like I think of Keith. Keith literally walks around with like little informations about, and some of you are smiling because you know you've been a victim of Keith's. Uh, uh, it's like, hey, here's something about Jesus. And he just shares about Jesus. It's just part of who he is. It overflows out of him. I love Keith for that. And I think of Elizabeth. Elizabeth is like one of our best little evangelists here. She's new here. And she can't stop inviting people to this service. Like there's more people who have come because she's invited them than I have within the last six months. And that's saying something. She's amazing. I love that. Some of you guys, you're all stars. You go, I want to be like Elizabeth. And you should want to. Or I want to be like Keith. And you should want to. But we don't. And we're not. Isn't that true? It's a rough one. Why? Well, here's three reasons we don't overflow Jesus. Here's three reasons why we don't overflow Jesus. Because remember, we're talking about overflowing onto others what we're filled with. Just like that guy, uh, the Mexican thing, just like me with the freaking Regan, just like you with whatever you're down with or into we overflow what we're filled with. Well, here's three reasons we don't overflow Jesus. We don't overflow Jesus because we're afraid we don't know enough. That's a big deal. We're afraid we don't know enough. Like someone will ask us a question that we won't know the answers to. And by the way, Inside your bulletin, we have a thing. It's called a sermon map. You can actually open it up. If you don't have a writing utensil, we can go ahead and bring it to you. If you would raise your hand, uh, if you want to go, there, there's one right there. And do we have another? Yeah, okay. Um, it just keep your hand up. Some of you I know like to take pictures. Oh, we have one over there. Here's the reason why I suggest that, oh, Ron, behind you. Um, we have one more there. Um, and then we, yep, that's perfect. Now, here's the reason why we ask you to write it down. The reason we ask you to write it down, even if you struggle with writing, number one, it's going to help you get your writing and reading better. So that'll be helpful. And number two, we realize that when we write things down, we remember things more readily. We say it this way. The shortest pencil is longer than the longest memory. Got it? And so it'll help you. So uh, you can put it on your fridge and all that other stuff. So write this down. We don't overflow Jesus because we are afraid we don't know enough. Someone's going to ask us a question. Someone's going to uh, uh, tell us uh, 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 something that we can't repeat. It's going to be too much. Like, ah, we're going to look so silly. We don't know enough. Okay, that's the first reason. Or at least that's one reason. Another is that we don't want to offend anyone. Boy, isn't that true. We don't want to offend anyone. Like it's just, like that's, that's offensive to some people, really. And sharing Jesus is offensive. And it's offensive according to the text that we're going to see today. You'll see. It's offensive. And, and we don't want to offend anyone. We just want people, you believe what you believe. I'll believe what I believe. But don't try to push your opinion. Which leads us to our third um, which leads us to our third uh, reason why we're afraid. We're afraid we don't want to seem pushy. 
Like we don't want to be, oh, we don't want to be seen like one of those Bible thumpers, one of those oppressive people who share. It's like, oh, this is too much. What are you doing? You just, oh my gosh, they're going to look at you. Oh no, there's the God squad. There's the Jesus freaks. There's the, right? Like, you know, you go, oh, I don't want to be seen that way. And it's tough. I don't want to be seen as one of those guys. Everybody had that in their neighborhood, right? You know, the person on the corner saying, turn or burn. Or, or the, the, the old woman in, I don't know, in your neighborhood, in my neighborhood, it was always some Puerto Rican lady yelling at everybody to turn to Jesus. And I was like, oh my gosh, thank God for those Puerto Rican ladies who on the corner would yell and tell people to turn to Jesus. Because at least it got us who were not necessarily thinking about Jesus, at least to think about Jesus. But here's the point. We don't want to seem that way. We don't want to be that way. Beloved, this is a wrong-headed way of looking at your delight in Jesus. Now, I'm going to need a couple. I'm going to ha- I've already asked Betsy to come up. Chris, go ahead and bring it up. Now, is there anyone here who really, really, really loves Junior's chocolate mousse cake? Anybody? Raise your hand if you do. Okay, boom. We got one right there. Go ahead. Okay, great. We're going to put that here. Oh, my. Oh, my, indeed. Sit here. And then, oh, my goodness. Look at that. Is that delightful? Um, Betsy, please go ahead and have a seat. See, because the fact is, is that you and I have something much more precious. Uh, Margarita, please come up. Okay. So here's the beloved Margarita. Would you Go ahead and give uh, Betsy and Margarita encouragement. Okay, yeah, 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 just come over here. And here's all I want you to do, is I just want you to stand here and stare at that beautiful cake. Isn't that beautiful? Okay, I want you to just sit there. Okay, now here's it. I want you to stick with me. This is important. Because remember, we're talking about reasons that we're afraid to overflow Jesus. Because remember, Jesus is a delight. Jesus is a wonder. Jesus is something that you enjoy and you can't stop raving about. Jesus is a person to enjoy. In fact, the Bible says this, taste and see that the Lord is good. If we had the budget for it in this church, but y'all don't tithe enough. If we had the budget in this church, we'd have gotten all of y'all chocolate mousse cheesecake. However, it wasn't in the budget. We can only afford a slice that we cut in half. Okay. Here's the point. When you enjoy Jesus, enjoy uh, that piece of cake. Now, this is chocolate mousse cake. It's ridiculous. It's really tasty. It's really good, right? When you enjoy that, it's like, oh, isn't it a wonder? It's like a magical experience. Some of y'all are not going to be able to listen to the rest of this sermon because you're only going to be thinking, I'm going to go to Junior's and buy me a chocolate mousse cheesecake. And it's just like, oh, that's so good. And then, but here's a, so here's what happens, right? So if you could imagine like this cheesecake is like Jesus, not something that you study, not something that you know about, something that you enjoy and experience. That's who Jesus is. Isn't that true? Okay, you get it? Jesus is not a concept. He's like a cheese, more like, he's less like math and more like cheesecake. Got it? Okay, so you're just enjoying and eating. And then uh, Jesus goes, 
Betsy, I see that you have more cheesecake than you can possibly eat. Would you consider Margarita really would love? Now, some cheesecake, would you like to share it with her? No, no, absolutely not. Absolutely not. You know why? Now, Margarita is here and she doesn't just love cheesecake. Margarita is starving. But here's the reason. Here's the reason. No, 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 no. She'll think I'm too pushy. What if she's on a diet? What, what if she won't like, what if she's lactose intolerant? What if by sharing with her, I cause her all sorts of tensions and pains? Have another bite, Betsy. Have another bite. And it's like, Margarita's like, oh my gosh, I wish I could have that. But there's every reason in the world why we won't share the thing. Now, let me ask you this. Let me ask you this. Is this a loving way to act towards Margarita? No, this is an unloving way. Let me ask you this. This is an unloving way with cheesecake, which has zero eternal value. Some of you are more offended about her not sharing the cheesecake than you not sharing Jesus. Beloved, he's better. Now, what would happen? What would happen if we said, Rob, give me that chair? Yeah. No, I'm saying, no, what would happen? What would happen if Betsy said, would you sit next to me? Go ahead. Hey, I got something that I think you'll love. What would happen if they both sat down? Now, what if, here's the thing, what if Margarita starts asking Betsy about the cheesecake, things that she doesn't know? Does it even matter? No, it doesn't. Go ahead, eat, enjoy if you like. No. Now, she doesn't have to eat. It's before her. Here's the point. It's wrong to take something so delightful and not at least offer it. Does that make sense? All right. All right, guys. Thank you so much. That was wonderful. Betsy had the best. All right. Now, um, Margarita, you can't eat this. Huh? Okay. You're on a sugar band. She can't do it. She's on a sugar band. Can I offer a plate of cheesecake? To, okay. There's the, all right. Do you want who? No. All right. Whoever comes up and, okay, there we go. All right. There we go. No, no, no. He's not going to take it. Go ahead. Give it to all right, anybody just raise your hand and we'll, all right, there we go. All right, we got it. Okay, that's beautiful. All right, here's the point. Okay. Come back, come back, come back, come back. See how silly it is? See how silly it is when we don't share? And it's not even a matter of whether they take the cheese. It's not a matter of whether they receive Jesus or not. It's just because there's this overflow in your heart for Jesus. You've experienced Jesus. You've rested with Jesus. You know Jesus. Something that the Bible speaks about. In Acts, we're going to look at one verse. We only have time for one verse. I was going to do the whole uh, text, one, uh, 13 through 20. We don't have time for it. Let's look at verse Acts chapter 4, verse 13. Look at that quickly. Remember, you will overflow what you know, who and what you know. Okay, 
Let me give you the, the uh, context. Here we have uh, Peter and John. They have just walked by a person who has been crippled or, or uh, for life. And they walk over to him and they heal him. They share Jesus with him. He starts, it's unbelievable, the healing. It's miraculous. Everyone is offended. Could you imagine that? Everyone is offended at the healing. And in that, they bring these two men before the authorities. And you know what they do? They do what is already in their heart. They don't have to force themselves. They don't have to go to a class for six weeks before they know what to say and what not to say. They just overflow what's already in them. And Peter has this incredible like little sermonette that he does in front of people and authorities who will eventually have him killed. And he goes before them and he goes, dudes, are we going to obey you or are we going to obey God? And then... What happens is where we meet our heroes, the response, the thoughts behind what the others were seeing. It's in verse 13. Would you stand with me at the reading of God's word? Now, let's read this together. One, two, three. Now, when they saw the boldness of Peter and John, and perceived that they were uneducated, common men, they were astonished, and they recognized that they had been with Jesus. This ends the reading of God's word. Please have a seat. So these men, after seeing this miracle, after experiencing the, the overflow of Jesus to these, you know what happens? They take note, and here's what they noticed. They noticed that they were bold, and that they had spent time with Jesus. Listen to me. The reason that they noticed that they were bold is because of these two, watch, listen. Because we speak boldly about what we feel deeply. Do you get it? We speak boldly about what we feel deeply. Would you write that down? Of course we do. You can't stop. Listen, when I first got into, like, you know, just name, I don't know what the soundtrack to your life was, right? But I got into funk music, right? So it was like P-Funk and like, you know, James Brown and Earth, Wind and fire and just like that whole funk era is just amazing. When I got into that, there was no holding that back. There was no not sharing that with anybody else. There was only, you got to hear this. I literally remember listen, sitting and listening to records with friends of mine. And we would just like sit down and be like, oh, woo. And we was just like, I don't know if you've ever had that experience with music. It's like, right, because listen to me. You and I speak boldly about what we feel deeply about. Here's why you're not speaking boldly about Jesus. You want to know? It's possible that you don't feel deeply about him. It's possible 
that it's like, oh, look, that cheesecake. It was made with some, you know, three tablespoons of butter and a quarter of milk and some flour and some eggs. And you just go, oh, 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 I know Jesus, but I haven't experienced him. I haven't enjoyed him. You go, well, how can I do that? I'll tell you, hang on, stay with me. But the point is, is that maybe that's not why you overflow. These men were bold. They were recognized as bold, even in the face of real danger, not just looking stupid, but maybe being killed for their faith. But the second reason is that we become like who we spend time with. We become like who we spend time with. This is why your mom or your pop or your grandmother or whoever your guardian was, this is why they freaked out when they saw you with that person in the neighborhood. You know what I'm saying, right? And for as much as we were annoyed by our parents, boy, they were right. Weren't they right? Like if you hung out with the guys who played hooky, you probably got into playing hooky. Wasn't that true? Like if you hung out with the girls who were um, uh, drinking and, and so you, you probably wound up doing that. Isn't that true? And if you hung out with the kids in the chess club, you probably got down with chess. Here's the point. You become like who you're around. And so we become like who we spend time with. And some of the reason why we don't share Jesus is simple. We don't spend time with Jesus. I just love the way Betsy was like eating her cake. She was just like, oh, mm. like it was just like, it's an experience. It's savoring. You're not inhaling it. You're just like enjoying it. And so some of you go, no, but I have a devotional time every morning. No, you don't. No, you don't. You, you have, well, yes, you have a devotional time, but you don't have time with Jesus. You have time with your devotions. And that's cool. Me too, sometimes I have time with my devotions, but I don't have time with Jesus. It's possible to have time in your devotions and not have time with Jesus. That's why we're trying to teach you. That two minutes of silence is not just for this room in this service. We want you to practice that all throughout your day, but certainly waiting on that. We just literally sung it. I'm gonna wait on you. And for some of us, it's like, Jesus, would you, just address my heart, I'm feeling anxious. Okay, thanks, that was enough time. Boy, why? what's wrong with Jesus? I still feel anxious. Yeah, would you just, would you wait? Would you, would you spend time with him? That's the reason why we don't share our beautiful Jesus with others. Now, do you have to be a scholar to do that? No. Who can argue with your story? Here's my story. My story was, I lived at a time where I, I not only wanted nothing to do with Jesus, I wanted to do nothing with no, I wanted nothing to do with any God. That was my story. And then without my permission, Jesus drew me to himself and changed my life. And now he led me to confront and see my sin, my pecado, my wretchedness. But he didn't leave me there. He exchanged and gave me his beauty and righteousness so I don't have to walk around with the shame, guilt, and the sin. So it was a great exchange. He took on my sin and shame on the cross that I absolutely, like there's no, no, it wasn't that bad. Listen, 
I'm that bad. And maybe you aren't that bad. I'm that bad. And then some. If you knew, you might not even want me to preach to you. That, listen, I'm the worst person in this room. I know that for sure. Here's the deal. He takes on my guilt on himself, going to the cross, and then exchanges and gives me his righteousness so I could walk with that. You see, if that's an emotionalist, like that, that doesn't take a whole lot of study to do. That's just your experience. Isn't that true? And if that truth doesn't move you emotionally and doesn't stir you up, then go back to spending time with Jesus. Remind me, point me to that time where I did that thing that I thought I could never be forgiven for. But I, I can see now that while I deserve the death penalty for that sin, or I deserve to go to jail, or I deserve to be shunned by my friends, or I deserve to be divorced, or I deserve to whatever your sin is, Jesus took that punishment on the cross. We overflow. So what do we do? Let's close this up. Okay, so you get this, right? We, the point is we overflow who and what we know, right? We overflow who? Jesus and what we know about Jesus. So how do we do that? I'm not going to share that with you because for every one of us, it's different. For some of you, you just love cooking and Jesus is going to stir you up to put another plate on the side of someone next door who you know needs it. And you're just going to, hey, I, I just sense the Lord um, wanted me to share this with you. I hope that's okay. It's like, oh my gosh, that's so kind. And you're doing it in the name of the Lord. It's just, I, or you, you might invite someone to a meeting that you're going to, a 12-step meeting, and you might just go, hey, why don't you come to a meeting with me? We'll go together. And then you develop that relationship and he starts asking you why you're different and you tell, oh, Jesus, Jesus changed my heart and my life. But you got to spend time with him. So here's what I want you to do. Everyone, and just about everyone, if you don't have a smartphone, at this point, you can kind of get one. Um, I'm uh, like right there on the corner, most corners or a lot of corners, at least the, that I walk around, they have those people who are like giving away phones. They, they call them um, the Obama phones. You know what I'm saying? Right? The, um, they used to be flip, and that, but now they're like actual smartphones. So there's this app. I want you to write it down somewhere on your thing. It's called uh, the U version app. U version, one word, Y-O-U version, V-E-R-S-I-O-N, U version, it's one word, app. Now, here's what I want you to do. I don't want you, now there's, as soon as you open up the U version app, it has three things for you to focus on. It has a text for you to focus on, and then it has a teaching on that text, and then it has a time of meditation and prayer uh, and being with the Lord, like a guided prayer. If you do all of them, you can take as little as 10, like as little as 15 minutes or as much as two hours. It depends on how slowly or how quickly you want to do it. You go, 15 minutes? That's just too long. Hey, can I look at your scrolling history? For real? It's too long? Can I look at your social media history? Because I'm telling you, you throw 15 minutes away more on YouTube, Facebook, Instagram. Uh, you throw away way more than that. You got this time. This is, and, and honestly, if you don't have 15 minutes to be with Jesus, then you just don't have time to be with Jesus. You need to, you need to start making some space in your life. Here's all I want you to do. I want you to start spending time with Jesus. 
And if you get that app, you'll be able to like do that app and go through it. Listen to me. And as you spend time with Jesus, you will discover that you will overflow what you know and who you know.